0: play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details and had such a conversation with him that no duel took place if rebecca had not gone on her knees to general dufto crawley would have been sent back to england and he did not play except with civilians for some weeks after but "'in spite of Rawdon's undoubted skill and constant successes. "'It became evident to Rebecca, considering these things, "'that their position was but a precarious one, "'and that, even though they paid scarcely anybody, "'their little capital would end one day by dwindling into zero. "'Gambling,' she would say, "'dear, is good to help your income, but not as an income itself.' Some day people may be tired of play, and then where are we? Rawdon acquiesced in the justice of her opinion, and in truth he had remarked that after a few nights of his little suppers, gentlemen were tired of playing with him, and in spite of Rebecca's charms did not present themselves very eagerly. Easy and pleasant as their life at Paris was, it was after all only an idle dalliance and amiable trifling and rebecca saw that she must push rawdon's fortune in their own country she must get him a place or appointment at home or in the colonies and she determined to make a move upon england as soon as the way could be cleared for her as a first step she made crawley sell out of the guards and go on half bay his function as aide-de-camp General Dufto had seized previously. "'Rebecca laughed in all companies at that officer, "'at his toupee, which he mounted on coming to Paris, "'at his waistband, at his false teeth, "'at his pretensions to be a lady-killer, above all, "'and his absurd vanity in fancying every woman whom he came near "'was in love with him. "'It was to Mrs. Brent, the beetle-browed wife of Mr. Commissary Brent, to whom the general transferred his attentions now. His bouquets, his dinners at the restaurateurs, his opera boxes, and his knick-knacks. Poor Mrs. Tufto was no more happy than before, and had still to pass long evenings alone with her daughters, knowing that her general was gone off, scented and curled, to stand behind Mrs. Brent's chair at the play. Becky had a dozen admirers in his place, to be sure, and could cut her rival to pieces with her wit. But, as we have said, she was growing tired of this idle social life. Opera boxes and restaurateur dinners paled upon her. Nosegays could not be laid by as a provision for future years, and she could not live upon knick-knacks, laced handkerchiefs, and kid gloves. She felt the frivolity of pleasure and longed for more substantial benefits. At this juncture, news arrived which was spread among the many creditors of the colonel at Paris and which caused them great satisfaction. Miss Crawley, the rich aunt from whom he expected his immense inheritance, was dying. The colonel must haste to her bedside. Mrs. Crawley and her child would remain behind until he came to reclaim them. He departed for Calais and having reached that place in safety, it might have been supposed that he went to Dover. But instead he took the diligence to Dunkirk, and thence travelled to Brussels, for which place he had a former predilection. The fact is he owed more money at London than at Paris, and he preferred the quiet little Belgian city to either of the more noisy capitals. Her aunt was dead. Mrs. Grawley ordered the most intense mourning for herself and Little Rawdon the colonel was busy arranging the affairs of the inheritance they could take the premier now instead of the little entresol of the hotel which they occupied mrs Grawley and the landlord had a consultation about the new hangings an amicable wrangle about the carpets and a final adjustment of everything except the bill she went off in one side of his carriages her french-born with her the child by her side "'the admirable landlord and landlady smiling farewell to her from the gate. "'General Tufto was furious when he heard she was gone "'and Mrs. Brent furious with him for being furious. "'Lieutenant Spoony was cut to the heart "'and the landlord got ready his best apartments "'previous to the return of the fascinating little woman and her husband. "'He kept the trunks which he left in his charge with the greatest care. They had been especially recommended to him by Madame Crawley. They were not, however, found to be particularly valuable when opened some time after. But before she went to join her husband in the Belgian capital, Mrs. Crawley made an expedition into England, leaving behind her her little son upon the continent under the care of her French maid. The parting between Rebecca and the little Rodden did not cause either party much pain. She had not to say truth seen much of the young gentleman since his birth after the amiable fashion of french mothers she had placed him out at nurse in a village in the neighbourhood of paris where little rawdon passed the first months of his life not unhappily with a numerous family of foster-brothers it wouldn't his father would ride over many a time to see him here and the elder rawdon's paternal heart glowed to see him rosy and dirty shouting lustily "'and happy in the making of mud pies "'under the superintendence of the gardener's wife, his nurse. "'Rebecca did not care much to go and see the sun and air. "'Once he spoiled a new dove-covered plea of hers. "'He preferred his nurse's caresses to his mamma's. "'and when finally he quitted that jolly nurse and almost parent, "'he cried loudly for hours. "'He was only consoled by his mother's promise "'that he should return to his nurse the next day.' Indeed, the nurse herself, who probably would have been pained at the parting too, was told that the child would immediately be restored to her, and for some time awaited quite anxiously his return. In fact, our friends may have said to have been among the first of that brood of hardy English adventurers who have subsequently invaded the continent and swindled in all the capitals of Europe. The respect in those happy days of eighteen seventeen to eighteen was very great for the wealth and honor of Britons. They had not then learned, as I am told, to haggle for bargains with the pertinacity which now distinguishes them. The great cities of Europe had not been as yet open to the enterprise of our rascals, and whereas there is now hardly a town of France or Italy in which you shall not see some noble countryman of our own, with that happy swagger and insolence of demeanour which we carry everywhere, swindling in landlords, passing fictitious checks upon credulous bankers, robbing coachmakers of their carriages, goldsmiths of their trinkets, easy travelers of their money at cards, even public libraries of their books. Thirty years ago you needed but to be English, traveling in a private carriage, and credit was at your hand wherever you chose to seek it. And gentlemen, instead of cheating, were cheated. It was not for some weeks after the Grawleys departure that the landlord of the hotel, which they occupied during their residence at Paris, found out the losses which he had sustained. Not until Madame Marbeau, the milliner, made repeated visits with her little bill for articles supplied to madame crawley not until monsieur Delot, from boulet Dor in the palais roll had asked half a dozen times whether jean Milady, who had bought watches and bracelets of him was de vertu. it is a fact that even the poor gardener's wife who had nursed madame's child was never paid after the first six months for that supply of the milk of human kindness with which she had furnished the lusty and healthy little Rawdon. No, not even the nurse was paid. The Crawleys were in too great a hurry to remember their trifling debt to her. As for the landlord of the hotel, his curses against the English nation were violent for the rest of his natural life. He asked all travellers, whether they knew a certain colonel, Crawley, avec sa femme, une petit dame. It was melancholy to hear his accents as he spoke of that catastrophe. Rebecca's object in her journey to London was to effect a kind of compromise with her husband's numerous creditors and by offering them a dividend of nine pence or a shilling in the pound to secure a return for him into his own country. It does not become us to trace the steps which she took in the conduct of this most difficult negotiation, but, having shown them to their satisfaction that the sum which she was empowered to offer was all her husband's available capital, and having convinced them that Colonel Crawley would prefer a perpetual retirement on the continent to a residence in this country with his debts unsettled, having proved to them There was no possibility of money accruing to him from other quarters, and no earthly chance of their getting a larger dividend than that which she was empowered to offer. She brought the colonel's creditors unanimously to accept her proposals, and purchased with fifteen hundred pounds of ready money more than ten times that amount of debts. Mrs. Crawley employed no lawyer in the transaction. The matter was so simple to have or to leave as she justly observed that she made the lawyers of the creditors themselves do the business and mr lewis representing mr davids of red lion square and mr moss acting for mr manasseh of cursitor square chief creditors of the colonel's complimented his lady upon the brilliant way in which she did business and declared that there was no professional man who could beat her rebecca received their congratulations with perfect modesty ordered a bottle of sherry and a bread-cake to the little dingy lodgings where she dwelt while conducting the business to treat the enemy's lawyers shook hands with them at parting in excellent good humor and returned straightway to the continent to rejoin her husband and son and acquaint the former with the glad news of his entire liberation as for the latter he had been considerably neglected during his mother's absence by mademoiselle genevieve her french maid for that young woman contracting an attachment for a soldier in the garrison of calais forgot her charge in the society of this militaire and little rawdon very narrowly escaped drowning on calais sands at this period where the absent genevieve had left and lost him and so colonel and mrs crawley came to london and it is at their house in gazon street mayfair that they really show the skill which must be possessed by those who would live on the resources above named chapter thirty six